Hey friends, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Wren, and I am so glad you're joining me today. I pray that this is the place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share, and today is no different. But I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of today's episode, Spirit-Filled Magazine. Each issue has the most beautiful cover, and it is jam-packed with amazing content. You can check them out at Spirit-Filled Women Mag. And at the end of the episode, I'll tell you a little bit more about their awesome magazine. Okay, today is episode 79 with my friend Kathy Howard Yoakum. Kathy and I met back last year, and she is a dynamic person. I love Kathy. I love her heart for God. I love how much of a prayer warrior she is. She has a great sense of humor, and so I want to introduce you to my friend Kathy. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Kathy. Hi, Ren. I'm so excited you're sitting in my kitchen. I'm so excited to be here, and I loved the peaceful drive yes, to your home. I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. And I am excited. We met about a year ago mm-hmm. at our son's school, and you were in charge in in a leadership position of the Moms in Prayer. Right. And I love that so much. I think that that is a, a neat way that we can pray for our school and for our kids and so um, anyway, that's how we met, and I heard your story, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is an amazing story for an amazing God we serve, and I cannot wait to have you on the podcast, so thanks for coming today. Thanks for asking. I'm excited. Okay, so before we start, tell us a little bit about you, about your family, and your day-to-day life and ministries that you're involved in. Sure. I'm Kathy Howard Yoakum, and my family looks a little different. Um, I'm married to Barry Yoakum, and I have a 11-year-old Cruz Howard Yoakum, mm-hmm. and I also have five, uh, not five, I've got five grandchildren, <laughs> Madeline, Matthew, Ainsley, Jacob, and Caden, and I have, they are bonus grandchildren, mm-hmm. and I've got three bonus children, older children, Nikki, Nathan, and Matt. And my husband, my first husband, passed away five years ago. So that's where the Howard comes in. Okay. And what are some of the ministries that you're involved in? I know you do parents in prayer. I do moms in prayer. Mm-hmm. I do, which I love. Yes. I'm also involved in a new one, the Women's Advocacy Center. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine started that ministry to reach out in the Collierville area and surrounding areas to help women that have suffered abuse okay. and then find their way back out of that situation. And I'm also have a ministry of prayer, Mm -hmm. Um, not just the moms in prayer, but just prayer for whatever needs come my way. Mm -hmm. And also started a ministry for homeless people. Since we moved downtown recently, we have seen a lot of people on the street corners with signs saying that they're hungry. And I I said, Cruz, look at that and read that sign. He said, it says we're hungry. And I said, can we meet that need? And he said, yes, we can feed them. I'm like, absolutely, we can. So now we not just feed them, we'll roll down the window and we'll engage in conversation. So I want to dignify them. I want to put out my hand and shake their hand and tell them my name Mm -hmm. and introduce them to crews. And then we have bags made up that have food and drinks and socks. Mm -hmm. Now we also have information in there for them as well, where they can seek shelter, Mm -hmm. where they can get food. Uh, food and some day labor mm. and health 
That's amazing. Met. That's great. That is mm-hmm. amazing. You're involved in a lot. And I love that you talk about your ministry of prayer, that it's something that started when you were um, married to Zane, your first right. husband, and he was going through um, treatments for cancer. Right. And uh, how you knew you couldn't go out of the house. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. <clears throat> when he was sick, he went downhill rapidly. Mm-hmm. So he was bedridden and definitely house-ridden. We didn't get out much, mostly for appointments, and sometimes he was able to go to the farm. So I was thinking, what can I do? Because I can't get out of the house, so how can I serve you, Lord? Mm. We went to church, and it was just very minimal the times that I could get out. And so he gave me the ministry of prayer. He's like, well, why don't you start? He didn't say it audibly, but he said it Mm. to my heart. Why don't you start praying for these people that are praying for you? And so that's how I started. And there were many people praying. So then I turned around and prayed for them. And then God just kept bringing me people to pray for, which was wonderful. Mm. So that's how that started, that ministry of prayer, which has continued to today. So Mm. I love praying for people and really praying for them. Sometimes people say, oh, I pray for you. And, but I absolutely do pray for them all the way through. And it's exciting. Some people I never get to meet. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be fun in heaven mm-hmm. when I finally get to meet some of these people that I've been praying over. That's great. Okay, so let's go back to when you um, met Zane. Yes. And um, <laughs> what was going through your head and your right. life at the time. Which was interesting. I loved thinking back about this and something that I hadn't thought about before um, until you gave me some questions. And it was that when I met him and met my current husband, I was hiding out in both of those situations, which hadn't occurred to me until Mm. I was thinking about it. I was working at an OBGYN office and had a a bad breakup. So I was like, this is perfect. Um, No men are coming in here. It's just (laughs) women and they're pregnant and might be their husbands for the ultrasound. So I was hiding out there. I was 24 years old and Zane came in and he was going to um, set us up. We were paper, and they were going to put us on this computer program. Mm-hmm. So he spent a lot of time in the office. And one night, we were inputting data. And he's like, I'm going to take you all out for dinner. And here's where we're going to meet. So we went, and I was the only one who showed up. <gasps> <laughs> so it Was that on purpose? Of, I don't think so. Uh, they were all married. Okay. I was the only single gal. Okay. And okay. They, were all, they all had families. And so okay. I showed up. And it was just me. And so we had dinner, mm. which led to talking, mm-hmm. and it turned into a date. Wow. And that is how we started okay. dating. Okay. And when was that? How many years that ago? That was in 1992. Okay. That was okay. a long time ago. Yeah. So That's he awesome. was 12 years older than me. Okay. And he had been a bachelor for a very long time. Mm. Okay. So we dated eight years. Oh, okay. Oh, Ren. Eight long years. <laughs> <laughs> and you were after college at this time, or were you? Yes. Okay, okay. So I had gone to college for a few years, and okay. then I said, like, oh, I'm just going to come back and, yeah. and go to work. So that's, okay. that's All right. what I did. That's what you were doing. Mm-hmm. My parents are 10 years apart, almost 11. Wow. So it is, I always use that against them when I was I <laughs> dating. I'd be like, well, you dated to me right. 10 years older, then that means I can. Well, my parents didn't know quite at the beginning. He looked very young, so we always <laughs> laughed and said that, he looked like Dick Clark, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just never aged. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, so my aunt my tells Dick that Clark. to my husband. Uh, not my husband, my dad. 
and he's like Dick Clark. So yes. I get that. Yeah, and I ended up marrying Jim, and he we are the same age. We're a month apart, oh, really? <laughs> which is so funny, but it's neat. But um, okay, so tell me about your life. So he was in IT in computers. He owned a computer okay. company, okay, and that set up hardware software with medical offices. So we dated for a mighty long time. Yes, and eight then years. I ended up working for him. Okay, so I became right. a computer consultant and helped with training. Okay, so we dated quite a long time. He had um, a lot of, he didn't have a good marriage model to him. Mm. So I think he was very afraid mm. that I was going to change. Mm. Right. Wow. Which the, the plot thickens because I get saved the year that we do get married. Okay. So he was a, a bit worried about that. Mm. And while it was hard, I knew that he was the one. Mm. And yeah. so I was going to wait as long as it took. Hmm. And so how did you come to faith in Jesus? The year that we got married, probably a few months after we got married, my sister and brother-in-law invited us to church, mm-hmm. uh, invited me to church. They were joining, I'm sure both of us, but I'm the one who went. Yeah. They were joining a church, and they asked me if I'd come. And I said, okay. absolutely, I'll come. Sure. So I'm sitting in the service, and probably like many people's story, I was just blown away. I was like, oh my goodness, this man is really talking to me. Mm. And it was Jesus talking to me. And while I've heard, I, I hadn't experienced, and I'd had no, I had no experience mm. with a relationship, a relationship that that was even possible. Mm. I had heard of God. I believed in God. Mm-hmm. I believed he existed. I believed that Jesus was his son, but I had absolutely no experience with a relationship. I thought he probably didn't know I existed. Mm-hmm. And if he did, he probably really wouldn't be very pleased with me. Mm-hmm. So my view of God was more that he would probably be angry with me mm-hmm. and ashamed of me, mm-hmm. which couldn't be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting when I was hearing all these words mm-hmm. that flooded my soul. You probably were drawn. I was drawn completely to drawn. Because they're even my life was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Zane and I, our life was wonderful, mm-hmm. and I was content and I was happy and it was above and beyond my wildest dreams. But there's still that missing piece, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what it was until I went and I heard that message. So I went back every week mm-hmm. and every week, and then I joined the church and then I gave my life to Jesus in a introducing hope class. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Right. So back to Zane was kind of not sure he didn't want you to change, you know, right. that kind of thing. So <laughs> how did that, what did that look like? It was like? interesting. Mm. Once he never was, uh, he never was negative about it. He was fine with me going to church. He wasn't interested in going, but he was fine with me going. Mm-hmm. I think he was a little nervous. And then I love Several years later, he would tell people, I was afraid she was going to change. I knew she was going to change, but I didn't know she was going to change for the better. Mm. So he knew that the changes were positive. Mm. So I immediately started praying for him secretly in the closet (laughs) every day. (laughs) And I enlisted as many prayer friends and warriors as I could along the way Mm. to pray for his salvation. And God was faithful and he brought so many people around us. He brought neighbors. He brought just all kinds of people around Zane. 
And so he knew that God was after him. Mm. And he would say that. And he wanted to believe. He just, his heart wasn't ready. And he's like, I can't pretend. I can't make it up. Mm. And I said, God would never want you to. And what specifically did you pray for him? I prayed for his salvation, that God would save his soul. And you prayed, do whatever? Whatever it takes. Mm. I did. Whatever it takes. Mm. It's a dangerous prayer. Mm. It's a dangerous prayer. Mm. But you, um, there was one day when y'all, um, fast forward a few years and mm-hmm. you had Cruz. I love his name, your son right. Cruz. Yes, Where it's, did a fam- you- it's a okay, family, it's a family name. name. I love it. It's my mom's maiden name. Okay. So I tell him all the time, you're named after strong, wonderful women. Mm. It was very close to my aunt and my grandmother. So it's great. We call him Mr. Cruz. I love it. I love it. And so Cruz comes along, and you're thinking, oh, well, the birth I'm of Cruz. This is This it. is what went. Okay, whatever it takes. And we we were not planning Cruz, mm. but he was very welcome. Mm. We were laughed. We were like Sarah and Abraham. <laughs> I was 40, okay. and Sam was 52. <laughs> so, okay. so you really were. Yeah. We were. Yeah. We were not expecting this. Mm. We took probably 10 pregnancy tests were like, I just can't even believe this. <laughs> we really thought our role, we were both broken when we met. Mm. We were broken. Mm. And we both had very tender hearts. And we just thought a child would kill us <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> and he continues to kill me <laughs> every day. Uh. But after, you know, God just intervened. Mm. Mm. And we are so... Mm. grateful and thankful every day yeah. that he knew what we needed yeah. and that he intervened. Oh. And he is exactly what we needed, and I can't imagine life without him. So I will be mm. eternally grateful mm. that Cruz Allen Howard Yoakum came into this world. Mm. Take us through the day when Cruz turned four. Well, I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm. Part of maybe a tiny bit of it, maybe because it was traumatic, but what God did in that was so amazing and sacred and holy that I will never, ever forget it. Mm. Cruz, we have a farm in Red Banks, and it was Cruz's birthday. So the day before, he had been at the farm all day with the brother-in-laws. So God gave me this wonderful day, just me and my man. And we got to just hang out at the house and just do normal things. He was actually getting ready for a business meeting. Some of his business partners, not partners, but people that he did business, they didn't even know he was sick. Mm. So he was able to work from home and and continue doing that. So he was working on that, watching golf. I was baking, and we just had a wonderful day. Mm. And it's interesting. We had a hospice nurse come that day because we were needing, we had just moved into a new house, and we were needing some beds and things that would make him more comfortable. So she came that morning, and we're sitting there talking to her, and Zane looks at her. He's like, now, we don't have you here because I think I'm going to die. We just need some items. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Wow. So that night, Cruz comes home, and we you know, kiss him goodnight, put him to bed, and then Zane was sleeping upstairs because there was a recliner up there. So I got him comfortable, and I said, now, call me if you need me. So I went downstairs to bed, and I don't know what time it was. It was 
middle of the night, he called. And I answered, and he says, where's the cross? They moved the cross. And I was like, okay. And I was like, where are you? And he says, I'm at the neighborhood school, which is a place that we serve together. And we were, we were on the board of the neighborhood school in Binghampton. He's like, they moved the cross. And I'm like, okay, I'll be right there. So I went upstairs, and he was kind of on the edge of his recliner, and he had his hands out like he was holding something. He's like, they moved it. I'm like, well, we'll find it. It'll be fine. And he was having some labored breathing. So I called that nurse, that hospice nurse, and told her that we needed some oxygen. Mm -hmm. And she said that she would come, and she was on her way. And so I went back in there with him, and he said, you know, I'm just, I need you to pray for me. I was like, okay. So I prayed over him. And then he said something random. He said, a Christian education is the most important thing for crews. I'm like, I agree. And then he said, I'm just so tired. I'm just so very tired. So I was like, all right. So he just, his cancer and where it was, he wasn't ever able just to lay down. He Mm -hmm. had to always kind of sit up. So I got a pillow and then I got him in the floor and he laid in my lap and God took him to heaven. Mm And leading up to that, when was it the time when he knew something was wrong? Mm. That when he actually realized that he that did he have was, cancer? Mm, he knew. He kept it from me. Mm. So he was changed in behavior. He was more quiet, uh, more reserved, which is not him, because mm. you could hear him a mile away. Mm. He was this big, loud Texan mm. with this big, booming voice. Mm. And... You would hear him wherever he was if okay. you were anywhere close. Mm-hmm. So he, he had kind of changed, and so he was privately mm-hmm. dealing with this thing that he knew something was going on. So mm-hmm. by the time I was like, okay, what is it? Yeah. Um, you've got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he was struggling with it really since October, and like we didn't go to get a diagnosis till January. Mm-hmm. So I think it come on. You know, it had come on pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And what type of cancer was it? It was rectal cancer. Mm-hmm. And it already spread to his liver by the time mm-hmm. we found it. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of things going on. And the span of this in in months and weeks was what? It was 18 months. 18 months. Right. Okay. So we went in. Um, they gave us a diagnosis. We had a, a very harsh doctor mm-hmm. that really pronounced death over him mm-hmm. and said, you have 18 months. Mm-hmm. So we were... You know, we had to get a different doctor, mm. which was another provision of God. Mm. I had been in Bible study fellowship with a friend, and her husband was an oncologist. Mm. So he came in early the next day, and he says, we don't know how much time you have. God knows how much time you have. Mm. So he was another stepping stone to Zane's faith. Mm. He prayed over him. He prayed with Zane, and he witnessed to him. Mm. And he was a great man. Wow. So back when you get this diagnosis and you're mm-hmm. thinking, okay, this is really heavy because right. this is, I'm not just praying for, what did you, how did you say it? You're praying for praying his... I praying for his salvation. Mm-hmm. I was like, Lord, save his soul. Mm-hmm. And then I changed my prayer request to save his life. So the mm-hmm. night that he was, got his diagnosis, uh, when I finally was able, after the whole shock of it, I mean, I had to to go home we had a, mm-hmm. a four-year-old mm-hmm. so I had to kind of get back to living too it was mm-hmm. it was a very hard thing wherever I was I felt like I needed to be somewhere else but when I finally got back to my house in that closet where I do business with God mm-hmm. 
I didn't say why. I just said what. You know, God, what? Mm-hmm. And I really felt him whisper to my soul, do you trust me? And I was like, yes, I trust you. But then the second thing was harder, and he's like, no matter what? Mm-hmm. It's like, no matter what? Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, then let's go. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Like every day we had as much joy as we could have. Mm-hmm. He never promised me that he would heal him, but I believed absolutely that he would. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the day when Zane became, that passed from death to life. Right. That when he became a believer. It was in December. We had, things were going well. We thought we were going to, his scan, he had a great scan. It was before Christmas. We thought, okay, we're just going to, well, it was early December. And so the scan was good. We're like, you know, we're going to do some wrap it up chemo, put a bow on it. And this is our Mm -hmm. Christmas gift because Mm -hmm. things are looking well. Mm -hmm. Then, trying to think how many months after we had another one, and everything was back, Mm. worse than ever. Mm. And we were shocked, Mm. and we went to my parents' house. They were out of town, so his sister was in town, so we just wanted to be somewhere private. Mm. So we went to my parents' house. I'm glad they still have the couch. I might have to keep that couch. (laughs) (laughs) So we went there, and... We sat down on the couch and we were just crying and holding each other and trying to take in that information. And he just turned and looked at me very seriously. And I never thought it was going to be me that was going to be able to pray with him. And I was fine with that. Mm. I didn't care who it was. (laughs) I assumed it was going to be one of his man friends. Mm. But God was so gracious to let it be me Mm. so that I could always tell Cruz and explain it to him and what it was like. But he said, I'm I'm ready. Mm. I'm ready. And you knew what he meant. I did. And he said, I want to ask. And so we knelt as well as we could, Mm -hmm. and we prayed. Wow. And I will be eternally grateful Mm -hmm. that God saved him. And take us back to those months and years when you were praying. You know, Mm -hmm. we talk about the power of a praying wife and uh, power of a praying woman and Mm -hmm. how... You know, it it sounds exciting and sounds great, but then when the, the hard times come and the the heavy comes, right? How how do you continue praying? What is it like to keep going and right. and continue praying for something or someone when you don't when you're not saying anything? You're not seeing anything, right? There, we were married in two thousand, and Zane wasn't saved. Mm-hmm until 2013. Mm -hmm. That's a long time to pray. Mm -hmm. But I would encourage people to never give up Mm -hmm. because one thing I know, that God is in charge of the heart Mm -hmm. and he's a miracle worker Mm -hmm. in the heart. He's done it to me. I mean, he saved me. He saved Zane. He saved my son. And he, you can never give up. We always want our prayers to be answered so quickly, and that's just not his MO. Mm. If we look at the Bible, all throughout the Bible, that's just not how he does things. Mm. We are called to wait. Okay, so um, you've prayed for him. He's made this decision. Um, He's a believer. You know he's going to heaven when he dies. You were so excited. What did you think was going to happen after that? I really thought in my heart that God was going to save his life. Zane was 
an amazing man. He was charismatic. He had a heart of gold. He had the biggest heart of anyone that I knew at that time. And he would see someone struggling and he just wanted to help them. Mm. And he was more Christian acting than a lot of the Christian people that I knew. Mm -hmm. He was missing Jesus and the relationship, but he was a wonderful man. So I had all these, of course, visions in my head about, you know, what is God going to do with this guy? Mm -hmm. This is going to be something else. And I just knew that he was going to save his life. Mm -hmm. And when he made that decision, how, how long was it? Um, this was back in 2013. Right. It was, and actually it was 2012 because he passed away in 13. So sorry, this was two th- December okay. 2012. Okay. Then he passed away August okay. of 2013. So about, I mean, nine or ten, less than a year later, yes. he right. passed away. Mm-hmm. And how did you go through that time of when he passed away? How did you go through that time of... You're now a single mom. Right. You have a five-year-old. Yes. It was two days before Cruz started <clears throat> kindergarten. Right. How? What did that look like for you? Right. It was a challenge. Mm. Another thing, um, back to the night that Zane passed away, mm. something that I want to be said about the Lord. When he passed away, it was chaotic, but it was also peaceful. And then... When I called 911, I begged them. I said, I have a young son that sleeps in the front of the house, and this is his daddy, and please, please don't turn on sirens. Please Mm. just come in. And all the sirens were blaring when they came. Mm. And God put Cruz into this deep Adam sleep, and my little light sleeper Mm. just slept through the whole thing with all these men in this loud boots going up and down stairs and chaos Cruz slept through the whole thing. Mm. My parents were able to get there. I got to go with Zane to the hospital and say my goodbyes there. Mm. And then I was able to come back and have an hour before Cruz woke up. Mm. So it was a miraculous gift that I will never, never, never forget God's kindness Mm. in doing that. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. That that is a miracle of God. It is a miracle of God. I was telling you earlier that God does these things for us, and it's Mm. no less miraculous to me in my heart than Him parting the sea Mm. and letting me walk through on dry ground. Mm. He's done that many times in my life. And that's amazing. He does it in all our... He he does it for His people. He takes care of His people. Mm. What a sweet memory that you have of that day, even though... Never forget it. Mm. Wow. Never forget it. Mm. So when, uh, how, how did you tell him? It's the hardest thing I ever had to do mm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Because Cruz is, he's a deep thinker. Some kids might, it might not hit them that hard, but Cruz is a really deep thinker. Mm. Even when Zane was sick, Cruz knew. And he would ask, is, is daddy going to die? Mm. Mm. And... I couldn't tell him no. Mm-hmm. So I told him we're praying that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And we're asking God to heal him. Mm-hmm. So I had to go into his room and tell him that God took daddy to heaven. Mm-hmm. And he knew immediately what I meant and just sobbed. Mm-hmm. And during the day, 
when everyone came to our house, he came in the front room and he grabbed my hand. He's like, I, I have to ask you, I got to talk to you. So he pulled me back into his room and shut and locked the door. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this going to be? Mm-hmm. And he's like, did you see the angels, mom? Mm. And I was like, no, Cruz, I wanted to see them really bad. Mm. But God didn't let me see them. I said, but I mm. felt them. Mm. I felt them. I said, because there was peace. Mm. And I felt them. And I wouldn't have let your daddy go with anybody else. But I knew it was Jesus, so it was okay. Because mm. I wasn't done with him yet. Mm. I was not done with that man. <laughs> mm. Mm. Wow. And so you've been on a journey of... Um, being a single parent after this. Right. And um, as Cruz is dealing with the grief and Mm. you're dealing with the grief, how did that look like day to day when you're trying to parent a kindergartner? Right. And you're grieving, you know, the loss of your spouse. I thought it was going to be, before Cruz actually went to kindergarten, Zane passed away two days before Cruz started kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And I just have one son. Well, now I have these bonus children, which is amazing. But at that time, I just had one son. Mm -hmm. So I was anxious about him going. Sure. We were very close. So I looked at this as a double loss. I really did. Mm. It's like, how can I have lost Zane and now I'm losing Cruz to school? Mm. That's the way I looked at it. And the morning that Cruz woke up to go to kindergarten, he he had the biggest smile on his face. I mean, it was crazy big. It had to hurt. It really had to hurt. <laughs> he was so excited. And then he walked confidently mm. into that school. He could not wait. So he walked in there, and he just never looked back. I mean, mm. and this is a more of an introverted child. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. so excited. Mm. And God gave you that. I could hardly be sad. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't. He gave me complete peace. Mm. And mm. they sent me notes and he's doing fine Mm. and on the way home it's so funny I was going to homeschool him at first and he's in the back seat and he said well I'm sure glad you didn't homeschool me (laughs) (laughs) which meant to me Mm. it was another confirmation yeah like I don't know what you had planned mom but it could never have been as good as what I just did Mm. and that's the way he's been every day which was a, a gift. Mm. So then I could go home and do the grieving that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I grieved in front of Cruz. Sure. But I, he didn't see the full measure of my grief. Mm. So I had that moment. I had to kind of, if you're single, but you had to, I had to schedule my breakdowns. Mm. So if I'm having a particularly hard day, I would have to hold it together, let him get to school. Mm-hmm. Then I might go home and need to do you know, do what I need to do. Well, I love that you are um, you're very protective over him mm-hmm. in um, shielding him from extra hurt. Extra hurt, and I love because all kids are going to get hurt. We know right. that. I want but it that to shielding be real. him from the extra hurt that right. he and I love that about you. I've seen that, and I love that, and I think that is a great thing for moms to do to know. Right. To do that. Yes, and there were so many. What I focused on is what is God doing? Mm. And every day, I'm like, Chris, you know, we're sad. Mm. We miss Daddy so much. Mm. But God has plans for us, Mm. or we would be up there with Daddy. Mm. So we're here. So he's got something for us to do, and Mm. we need to be about doing it. Mm. But also, I was able to tangibly show him 
look, we're okay. Mm. We've got this new house that Daddy built for us, mm. and we're okay. Mm. We're good. He's providing for us. He's protecting us. We have joy. We're having, even though we have sorrow, we have joy mm-hmm. every day. And I was able to point him to God every single day. Mm. And what would you say to somebody that has just now become a single parent that is struggling and wondering, mm-hmm. how can I grieve and still be a parent? Mm-hmm. What would you say? What was a, what was a practical thing you could say to them? It is hard. It is really hard. But God, if you, some people, when they have something like this happen, they'll go one of two ways. They're going to go away from God or they're going to go to God. And I would encourage them to always, always, always move closer to God because mm. He will absolutely help you through it. Not that it's perfect and the days are great, but it is, He is, you know, the comforter. And it tells us in his word that he takes care of orphans and widows. And I was able to point that out to the fatherless. Mm. You know, he is a father to the fatherless and that he helps widows. And I prayed every day, Lord, give me a sound mind because I'm alone. Mm. And Zane was, who's going to tell me the truth about me? Mm. (laughs) Cruz is too young to tell me the truth about me. Right. So I was worried about that. Not that I was going to do something Mm -hmm. crazy, but I, I wanted... And God did that. I mean, mm. He really gave me a sound mind, and mm. He gave me wisdom, because I was also flung into Zane had he was an entrepreneur. He had all these businesses, mm. so all of a sudden I had to go in all these meetings oh, wow. with these things that I never had to encounter before. Mm. And God went with me and gave me wisdom in those situations, and He also gave me a wonderful father. My dad was best friends with Zane, mm. and so He walked alongside me in that journey as well. Mm. So God answers the prayers and he comes alongside you. And sometimes you just have to look. Mm. You feel like you're all alone, but God gives you signs to let you know that you're not alone. Mm. And so every day I looked to see where he was and what he was doing. And he was always at work. Mm. That's wonderful. I want to switch gears a little bit because after this happened with Zane Mm -hmm. and Cruz and he's a kindergartner, your mindset about dating or remarriage or anything Mm -hmm. was the (laughs) furthest thing from your mind. I mean, because that wasn't going to be something that you even entertained. No. I was so well loved. I remember at the funeral telling my pastor, he loved me so good. Mm. that he filled my love bucket where I can get all the way to heaven Mm. on the love that he poured into me. And another neat thing, all the videos that we have that we look at and listen to, he's always gushing over Cruz, Mm. telling him how much he loves him and what a precious angel he is. Mm. And I love that because Cruz will never have to wonder mm-hmm. what his daddy thought of him. That's amazing. He won't just take my word for it. We've got Zane's yes, his voice words. telling him, mm-hmm. which is a gift. That is. That's a major gift. So I wasn't... I started reading biographies of missionaries. Mm-hmm. It was one of the things. At the very beginning, I couldn't read anything. The grief is so... I couldn't even focus. So I listened to God's word. Mm-hmm. 
probably for the first six months or so, I would just listen to it being read to me. And then I was able to graduate into Proverbs and Psalms. So I was in that for a very long time. And then I was able to read other things. But I was, I found, um, I loved Elizabeth Elliot. She had a similar story. So I had a bond mm-hmm. with her. And Amy Carmichael loved it. So I really thought God was maybe prepping me for mission work. Mm-hmm. Maybe when Cruz graduated, I thought, okay, mm-hmm. this is what we're going to do. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Yeah. This is good for me. I didn't know that he was going to lead me to dating. I think maybe a visit with the Alka Indians might have been easier <laughs> than dating. But I had no interest. People would mm. say things. I'm like, no, yeah, I have no yeah. interest. Thank you, but no. Right. And I, was, I felt invisible. Sure. It's interesting when you're a widow. I really did feel invisible. Mm. And God and I had those three years... I was living in an obscure neighborhood. There were no houses built. Mine was like the only one in the back. It was perfect. Mm. It was a little bubble, and I was there. And You're hiding out. I was hiding out, and my verse was, I think it's in, I can't remember it now, but my verse was in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. It's like she lives a quiet life and minds her own business and works <laughs> with her hands. That's a Bible verse. <laughs> it really is. Is that the Proverbs 31 it's woman? A, it it no, like it's, it's it. in 1 Thessalonians. Okay. And it's like, oh. right? I'm like, she lives a quiet yes. life, minds her own business and works with her hands. Yeah. I'm like, that's me. That's that me. is what, that is my life first. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> it, you know, God, I'm sure just laughed. Until, Until. one day... Yes. You're at church. Yes, yes. Our churches merged with another church. So that Sunday morning, well, this is how I did church. I didn't do anything co-ed. And church was the only co-ed thing, but I also mm-hmm. managed that. So I'd always kind of hang out in the back and mm-hmm. find a lady that was sitting by herself. Mm-hmm. Then I would go sit next to her. Mm-hmm. That's how I did church. Well thought out, planned. Well thought yes, out, controlled. right? controlled. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not even going to put myself into a position where anything <laughs> could could right. happen. <laughs> it could happen because that's not going to happen. So that morning, we an usher led me to a, the only really empty seat, and my husband now is he was facing the other direction. So he brought me in, sat me down, and then Barry, of course, turned toward me, and we just kind of looked at each other, and it was really weird. <laughs> it was a very strange sensation. I'm like, oh, huh. Hmm. So we started talking, making small talk, and that was it. And it was very, it was an odd feeling. I felt mm. a very strange feeling about mm. it. Mm. Um, so strange. I wasn't quite sure I wanted to go to church the next Sunday. <laughs> I was a little afraid. Mm. So I, I did go to church the next Sunday at the same service time. And, and he was not, he was around. Mm. And he came up and said hello. So this kind of went on mm. over a course of Sundays. And then one Sunday he asked if, I would like to go to lunch with him. And What'd you say? I said, yes. I said, but please know that I haven't been on a date in 24 years. Mm. Wow, yeah. So, right? Yeah. Very scary. Mm. And I didn't tell anybody. Mm. I told God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell him everything. Yeah. And really, really was so difficult Mm. because even though I had grieved Zane and had to say goodbye to him, which took me a long time. Mm. For a long, long time, I was like, see you later, not goodbye. Like, I can't even do that. Mm. So I had to go through the grief for it, but still I felt like I was being unfaithful to him. 
I felt like I was cheating on my husband. Mm -hmm. It was a really, really hard thing. Mm -hmm. And hours in prayer over that. Mm -hmm. And God said, you know, you're going to have to write this one down. So I started journaling the whole Mm -hmm. dating process. And it's so interesting. I think I said earlier that God works miracles in the heart. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I can tell people is my heart was not open to that at all. There was nothing there, and then God put something there. Mm. And it's like salvation. God has total control and manipulates the heart. Mm. And I'm thankful mm. and grateful and could have never imagined that being the story and the direction that I would go. Mm. But God knew my heart. Because man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. So he knew my heart, he knew Barry's heart, mm. and he knew Cruz's heart. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, I can just see him up there. Mm. Okay. I know this one and this one, and that would work. Mm. And that would be wonderful for this one. Mm. Sorry, you guys can't see that no. I talk with my hands. <laughs> no, I think I think that's great. And I was going to ask you about... How did Barry and Cruz mesh? Well, I was very, that... very careful about mm-hmm. this. Sure. Um, mm. Very, very careful. That was very scary to me. Mm-hmm. Zane had Zane's father passed away when he was young. He was like one, mm. and his mom remarried, and it was a very difficult mm. thing, and not a super healthy thing mm. for Zane. So that worried me a little. So lots of prayer. Yeah. And when I knew that Barry was going, we dated privately. I told maybe one or two people that they could pray. Yeah. So what I did is I had a friend and I had Barry be their friend, basically. And mm-hmm. so we met somewhere. So Barry was Mr. Barry from church and it's Heath and Shannon's friend. Gotcha. And so Cruz was there with his friends. So there's... Okay. Right. No, yeah. No threat so, or anything. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no threat. This yeah. is just, yeah. we're having fun. So yeah. we always did it around some fun event Good. and Mr. Barry was there. So by the time I told Cruz, I remember in the car, I said, you know, Mr. Barry? And he's like, yeah. I said, mm-hmm. he's really nice. Said, yes, he's really nice. I said, well, he wants to date me. Mm. He's like, really? I'm like, yes. Mm. I said, is that okay? Yeah. And he's like, yes. <gasps> mm. So that was confirmation. And he was at this time, what, nine, eight? He was eight. Eight. Mm. So okay. Barry would come over and Cruz mm-hmm. would, which is not Cruz like, wherever he was, he would run out of his room mm. and come and give him a hug. Mm. And then he asked me one day if we were going to get married. Wow. And I was like, well, it's like, I don't know. I was mm. like, here's how it goes. Mm. It was like, a girl can't ask the boy. <laughs> I was like, the man asks the woman. Yeah. I said, then the woman prays and asks God, you know, is mm. this the right thing? Mm. And if he says yes, then she'll say yes. Mm. And they'll get married. And he's like, well, I wish the girl could ask the boy. Uh-huh. I was like, really? I said, would mm. you want me to ask Barry? And he's like, yes. Wow. It's like, okay. That's a miracle right there. It's a miracle because Barry knew that I was not a me, I was a we. Mm-hmm. And he knew that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. So what would you tell that person <laughs> that is in, that's still struggling of letting go <sighs> and, you know, wanting to move on, mm-hmm. not forgetting, but remembering and 
moving on with her life. Right. We honor Zane mm. every day. And Barry is the type of man, he's not, he was never threatened mm. by Zane and his memory, mm. which makes it very easy. Yeah. Right? Sure. And I don't, I'm very mindful mm-hmm. to honor Barry as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. I bring up Saint a lot with Cruz, mm-hmm. not a lot with Barry and Cruz, but we do. We celebrate Saint's birthday each year. We have a cake and we mm-hmm. honor him. It's great. And talk about him at Father's Day in those special times. Yeah. And one thing Barry said, which I love, he says, as soon as I get to heaven, he's the first person I'm going to look at. Mm. I'm going to go find Zane, and we're going to talk about you and Cruz, mm. which I thought was mm. precious, awesome. Yeah, yeah. What a man. Yeah. I love the practical part of that, yeah. of, that you're honoring Zane, and Cruz sees that. Yes. And I love that. I think that's really important. I think that's a great tip that you could tell people it that is. are walking through this, is right. to honor Right. Those. And it doesn't mean... I think it's, it's very interesting, and I remember when I still had Zane, and people had a death of a spouse, and they went on to remarry. I could never understand that. Mm. I never judged him for it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't understand it. Yeah. And when we're married, we are one flesh, and we shouldn't understand that. Right. That should be not something that we would ever sure. even understand. Yeah, yeah. So it is, mm. it's a hard process mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of saying goodbye and saying hello mm. to a new thing. And you can... I don't love Barry any more, any less than I love Zane. And here's another, because God is, works miracles in the heart, right? Mm-hmm. Our heart has such a capacity mm-hmm. where that crazy amount of love that I had for Zane, I still have for Zane, but I also have for Barry. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not loving either or. Yeah, some people think, well... I don't know if I could love... It's just like a child. It's like a child. I it's was like going to say, child. I've heard that before. Because um, mm-hmm. I only have one child, but it just... Right. Once you have, like, how could I ever love... Mm-hmm. You just do. You just do. It's just there. <laughs> it's just there. And it, it doesn't is. take anything away right. from right. what I had. Mm. It's just like I was wonderfully happy, mm. and I'm now wonderfully happy. Mm. What would you um, say is the... Um, the character quality of God that you love the most that was, he was so near to you during that time and during mm. these years, what what would be something, a character quality about God that you clung to? Mm. That he's sovereign. Mm. That he's, there's not one. Yeah. Not just one. Yeah. That I knew that he was sovereign mm-hmm. and that he's loving and that he's, compassionate and I just trusted him mm-hmm. and when you trust somebody even though there's something really hard happening it's like a perfect parent right if you trust them even though something bad's happening right it's like okay I trust you mm-hmm. and you're going to get I don't understand and I still don't understand it right. I don't understand why we had to lose Zane mm-hmm. like, I, I, no, I will never understand it and I don't need to right because I trust God with it. Mm. And people were saved at Zane's funeral. Mm. So God needed him mm. Mm. with him. And that's enough for me. And he saved his soul, which to me, he could have healed him in like one breath. 
And I think changing someone's heart is the bigger miracle. Because mm. I'd rather have him in eternity than here and unsaved. Mm. That's a good word. Wow. I am so grateful to you for sharing your story. And I love how God has just done an amazing work in your heart in the area of prayer and mm-hmm. how that all those years of praying every day, 13 years mm-hmm. of praying for his salvation and um, that God would save his soul and how God right. answered those prayers and um, and all the hard things that you went through when you couldn't go out to church and couldn't do um, service, um, you were doing the best service of all and praying and God nurturing that in your heart. And I can see that now and how all the years of God doing that in your heart and how he is continuing to use your story. Mm-hmm. And He and the story's not over. Right. And that's the, the exciting part about it is. the Christian life. We don't know what tomorrow we we don't know we yeah. don't know what's going to happen tomorrow yeah we don't know what's going to happen today yeah yeah but we know God is with us he and is with his us. presence is there with us right so yeah and it's his plan yeah we're just yeah we just get to come along with him mm. um, was there a book that you read at that time when you were going through or a book that you've read lately that has really ministered to you I the book that I'm reading right now, which I love, is The Pursuit of God by mm. A.W. Tozer. I've heard of that as a really love good one. It. It was okay. written a long time ago. I'm trying yeah. to think when, but it seems like every chapter, we're reading a chapter a week, and I'm just really trying to do everything I can not to read ahead. Uh, it's really really hard. Uh, but every chapter, I'm I can't even imagine. Like, mm. when was this written? It seemed like yeah. it was written today, which uh, is so good. Yeah. And just about God and His presence and His nearness. Mm. Uh, it's convicting mm. and it's faith building. And I think everyone should read it. It sounds good. It sounds it's, great. it's a good read. I'll it's put that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. What are you loving? What are you eating? Okay, these what days? am I eating? Which is hilarious. Okay, I was talking to two girls yesterday, um, two friends of mine, Amy and Lynn, at lunch uh, yesterday, and mm. talking about. I'm obsessed with Brussels sprouts. Yum. They're right? good. Okay. Roasted. I used to despise Brussels sprouts, yeah. maybe yeah. even loathe. Oh. That's a strong word, but I think <laughs> I was there. I think yeah. I've spit many a Brussels sprout out in a napkin. <laughs> I have we all. Right? But then I found out how awesome they are for you. They like, really healthy. Super food. And no. so once I read all that, I'm like, okay, I have purpose to make myself like these things. Okay. And now I am obsessed Love with them. them. I've got to have them like every other day. Okay. Either How do you cook them? Sometimes I'll steam them okay. and then put grass-fed butter over the, you know. Yes. Lovely. Yes. But even better is bacon oh, and yeah. a little olive oil and roast them. Okay. I don't do the bacon. Oh, I'll do that. So good. We do roast them and that yes. is the best way to have Isn't them. Isn't it good? They're just crispy yes. but they're soft in the middle yes 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 i might have to make some of right them. i don't have any but so I now i love it. them i went from <laughs> loathing them to loving them I'm funny okay that's funny that's it's hilarious. good that's a good snack yeah. or that's a good uh, meal whatever you yeah. can make a meal out of it yeah. with bacon okay what are you um, loving i am loving chronological bible study yes oh my goodness so good so good and it came at just the right time mm. i if you haven't done it Check it out. So good. It sounds, some people I think are maybe nervous about it because yeah. it's 52 weeks, but I'm telling you every week, yeah. I'm moving 
heaven and earth to get there. Mm. If I have to miss, I am so sad. Mm. And for women to be in a circle mm-hmm. and for us to open up God's word and read it, mm. and he's there with us, yeah. leading us through the discussion, it's life-changing. Mm. It yeah. is life-changing. Yeah. And it is also authentic community, mm. which you don't find all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember when I began my walk, so many women just had it together and they acted like they did. It really stunted my growth mm. because I wasn't going to ask a question. Right. And I wasn't going to say I was struggling right. with something because nobody else was. Mm. So I love the authentic community mm-hmm. and that we are just linking arms and we're just walking through stuff together. Yeah. And I learn something new every single week. Yeah. So that is what I am loving. That's great. Yes. I'm ready. Are you it's going, is it life the, changing. New, the new living translation? It is. Yeah. That's the one I started and I had not, never read this version. I haven't either. And it's so neat that every right. day there's something. Yes. And, and you know, all the the commentary and the notes, yes. I could just sit there and read it all day yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and my leader is Catherine Nafee, who's yes, completely amazing. Yes, she so, is. She was on uh, this past uh, fall. She yes, was on the podcast. I listened to her. She was She's so great. good. Yeah, really good. Well, thank you thank for you. coming on the podcast and thank telling you. us your story and sharing with us. And really, it's God's story. And it is His story. You are. Uh, just able to be his mouthpiece and we are grateful for you thank you i always like to brag on god yeah and what he does for his people yeah i love it thank you thank you goodness me i love kathy so much and i was so grateful that she gave me an hour of her time um that tuesday she came over to my house and we just had the best time at my kitchen table so thank you so much for listening and thank you to the sponsor spirit-filled woman mag In April 2018, Rebecca Hargraves had the idea pop into her head to produce a magazine for Christian women of all ages, stages, and backgrounds that would encourage and equip them to walk by the Spirit. She asked her friend and graphic design guru, Kayla Nelson, to come on as creative director. And in January of 2019, the very first issue of Spirit-Filled Woman magazine released. The ministry is consistently growing to include a blog, newsletter, and shop containing mugs, tumblers, t-shirts, scripture cards, home decor items, and Bible study journals to equip each member of the family to walk by the Spirit in grace and truth. You can find out more at spiritfilledwomanmag.com or follow along on Instagram at spiritfilledwomanmag. Okay, you know, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love to connect with you over there. And remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends. Bye.